Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Successful Mentalist Podcast. My name is Ashley Green and this is episode 31. Now it is December, which means guys that we are getting ready. We're all in the festive spirit and we're looking forward to Christmas, including you know, the co-host of this podcast, Aidan O'Sullivan, who is with me for every single podcast. But as it's December, he's wearing a fantastic elf t-shirt. Not that you guys can see it, but that very much fits the theme of today's podcast because we're talking about topical shows. Well, exactly that. And just for all of you listeners, I am going for comfort over style here. Don't judge me because of my Christmas attire, although I am looking at myself right now and I do think it is a marvellous piece of style. I do look like a, a fabulous Christmas elf, but that's beside the point. Today we're going to be talking about topical shows. And by that, what we kind of want to break it down into a few key areas and, and so you guys know what the direction is going to be. We're going to start by talking all things seasonal shows. For example, Christmas, Halloween, Easter, like the, these shows that revolve around key events or key seasons. We're then going to be talking about themed shows. So it's slightly different, but that's where like a, there's a specific key theme that runs throughout the show or is the backbone of the show. Uh, and there are a lot of the problems that come associated with that. And then we're going to be talking about underplayed themes. So these are the themes or the topics that are really kind of just thrown in, but not really done. And I'll admit, hand on heart, I have been guilty of this. I've done this on several occasions before, so I'm talking first-hand experience at that point. But let's begin. Let's talk about seasonal shows. Ashley, I'm going to ask you a nice, simple question. Should we be doing seasonal shows? Oh, do you remember that podcast where you asked me a question last time and I went, yeah, I'm going to give you an answer. Yes and no. And I feel it's another one of those yes and no. Look, at the end of the day, my personal opinion is if you want to do a seasonal show, go ahead and do it. Like, I'm pretty sure your audience are going to be like, oh, my God, he's doing a Christmas show. Oh, my God, he's doing a Halloween show. But then at the same time, if you don't want to do a seasonal show and you just want to do your regular show, yeah, go for it. Like, I personally believe it's entirely down to what you want to do, which revolves around a lot of stuff, uh, to be quite honest, in magical mentalism. But the main thing is this question often comes up to me. And, and I see it a lot, especially in forums. And it's, and it's, we'll do in a seasonal show, break your character. And honestly, I think the answer is no. Like for me, you, you know, Aiden, I have this really weird, dark and crazy character that I would not encourage anyone to do because it's weird. But doing a Christmas show or an Easter show, it wouldn't take away from my character. It would just make it interesting and I suppose the, the main thing is just not to make it like a cliche. So as long as you can actually do it well, yeah, go for it. But again, you don't have to. It's entirely down to what you want. And I appreciate like I've literally just given an answer here and the audience are none the wiser. They're like, so my views are do it if I want. But at the same time, don't do it if I also don't want to. But that's my view, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. I think what's really important to notice is obviously getting that 
sort of understanding of why you want to do it in the first place. Do you want to do a specific theme? Cha- and, and again, to be completely crystal clear, what we're meaning here is shows that are overtly themed. We, we use Christmas as an example, for example, an overt Christmas themed show where, and it's like, by all means you dress up as Santa or something or like whatever. We're talking about shows that are specifically laced with a Christmas theme, whether you do tricks surrounding sort of gifts that you would give at Christmas and, and you really tailor it to the event and to the season or to the to the whatever's going on. And these are the sort of questions. And Ashley, you brought up a really interesting point about, well, how like would that Im- implement or affect my character any in any way? And I think that's a really important discussion to be had. Um, for you, I think that you, obviously you've got this kind of dark, mysterious, weird character. I actually quite like the vision of seeing you doing a show in a Christmas hat, like a, a Santa hat or something, because it adds a, such a big difference. But if the average person ends up doing it, somebody who hasn't got such a polarizing character, if they start doing it, it might just be a little bit sort of average in that sense. That doesn't really set anything apart. What are your thoughts on, on that? I think the only reason it would be average is if they don't have the confidence. I mean, we're, I mean, most of us, let's be honest, most of us listening to this podcast like performers and and most of us have that confidence to go out and performing but when you're dressing up a santa or an elf or you've got reindeers on stage maybe your confidence might be knocked a little because you're thinking oh this might be embarrassing and i think when you don't have the confidence to execute these shows that's when it is a bit mediocre like just actually committing and having that like energy behind you and in you being there like yes this is what i'm doing I don't care, I'm dressed as Santa, this is my show and you guys are here to see it, then your audience will love it. But if you come out on it and you've got that inner belief, it's like, I'm a little bit uncomfy like doing this. First of all, ask yourself, why are you doing it? Maybe you've made a wrong decision there. And secondly, your audience are going to pick up on that that underlying response from you. They're going to be able to read from your body language and like the overt things that you're you're giving off. And, and I think it's just going to be an uncomfortable situation for both you and your audience in that situation. That makes complete sense. I think what's probably easier rather than saying that in order to do a topical show, you have to dress up as Santa, have reindeers on stage and, and do tricks themes. Like, like I think it's the latter half of that that's more important. The, the, the tricks that you're doing or the material that you're actually using or the stories that you're telling. Um, and I think the easiest example rather than sort of Christmas is actually we've just come out of a Halloween season. Uh, well, I mean, at the time of recording this, we've literally, we're starting November. So you can hear this Halloween season and we've had all of these Halloween shows. We've had some crazy Halloween shows pop up and they're all spooky shows or seancey shows. And every single year there's more and more and more of them that we see. And I suppose that's the real question. Um, and for me, on the context of Halloween shows, it becomes very, very predictable and we're going to talk a little bit about how to not be predictable in that sense. But if you're doing a Halloween show, it very often just ends up boiling to just, oh, I'm just going to do some magic tricks with some spooky themes. And it becomes very sort of flat and, and weak. And, and it, as you said, it becomes cliched and it becomes like everybody is doing it or, oh, yeah. I like I, If your audience knows what to expect going in, You've A, done your marketing fairly well, because obviously they should know what they're signing up for. But if they know what you're going to be doing on the get-go and they can start understanding it from that sort of perspective from further into the tricks and the material and what the show's going to be like, 
then you're actually taking out some of the surprise. You're taking out some of the the mysteries. You're actually taking away some of that 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 innate essence of what magic and and this mentalism, what we should be doing, actually is. We take that away because we tell them too much and we become predictable. And I think that's the big concern from my end about topical shows. If you can you just fall into the obvious trap. For example, I've I've just said when you're doing a Halloween show, a typical example is to do a seance or to make it just a really spooky show. Like you fall into that trap of bam, seance. Christmas shows, I've given an example already. Everybody that do, does a Christmas themed show at least does one trick about think of a favorite gift or a gift that you might want at Christmas. And it becomes predictable because everyone's doing it. Take Easter, an example for Easter. I've not seen it actually actively myself, but this is an idea that I imagine a lot of people thinking having a flipping easter egg hunt for us mentalists we know the um uh, sorry contact mind reading so you're holding the wrist muscle reading and all of that kind of jazz a little egg hidden in a room i've heard people doing that kind of thing an awful lot and it becomes predictable when your audience can kind of guess where you're going with things so i suppose that's really my big concern um in terms of these topical shows and these seasonal shows more specifically well that just boils down to people not actually like thinking about it enough right like not actually putting in the work just thinking what is christmas oh yeah rudolph's there why don't i have rudolph holding a reveal you can see how much effort i've put into that like a few seconds like if you want to have a good show you've got to sit down and and i think we've mentioned this a few times on the podcast especially with um you know one of our students from at the school sammy wigmore his episode was like writing down all the various different things and literally maybe write like almost a mood board of everything to do with Christmas and start piecing together like all the different ideas the things that you like about the Christmas the things that Christmas represents the things that you like in general and start to find connections and start to come up with these ideas and you'll eventually find something which is different which you wouldn't have even have had in mind and something which makes relevant sense and it's not just you're doing a card trick but it's Halloween, so instead of playing cards, they've got little pictures of ghosts on them, or it's Christmas, so instead of playing cards, they've got little pictures of elves on them. I really hate that. What is the point? Like, I don't understand. If you're going to do a card trick, just do a card trick. Why do you need to have an elf on it? Like, that makes no difference for me. If you want to do a themed show, do it properly, think about it a little more, and start to tie all these connections together and make it about, like, what you enjoy about that that specific event. That makes complete sense i'm not going to take that as a personal insult that you hate elves as i'm wearing an elf shirt right now but i think the the kind of just to tie into that i think a common mistake that a lot of people make when doing topical or seasonal shows i'm going to say it's seasonal shows is that that's where they start it's like oh yeah we're going to do it i'm going to do a seasonal show i'm going to do a christmas show i'm going to do a halloween show and they then instantly you reduce your way of thinking to oh what is spooky oh what is festive and, and you really narrow it all the way down into those sort of areas. And, and you're right in saying that if you can expand it by having a look at uh, getting a list of all of the different options inside of a, like a Christmas themed show. And again, we're using only sort of seasons that we're familiar with. Again, around the world, I know this is going to be different with different cultures, different seasons, but I'm sure that these principles still apply. And if you can start expanding that narrow minded slot, then you then you're going to be great. But the way I've done seasonal shows in the past is that I've constructed a really solid show that is a blank canvas in the sense that all of the routines that I've mapped in, they're really great routines, but none of them have a premise yet. I've intentionally taken that away 
and then I can add my premise and then I can start adding extra bits that will follow the narrative of the actual show because I now know that I'm not just throwing in tricks because of the sake of it I'm not going to do a open a show with oh think of a gift that you I would like you all to write down a gift that you're thinking of uh, that you would like for Christmas and put it into this book and then you reveal something later on like, I'm not doing it like that instead I'm I would go, maybe come about to that but I'd start by saying how do I get everyone involved from the get-go and how can I tie that in later I start writing the routine as a blank canvas and then maybe I apply something and I know that sounds like very much the same thing just done in a different way but I promise that if you start doing things from this flipped perspective in terms of focus on the show more than the theme because the, the theme and the presentation you can add in later and it will make your show 10 times better but if you're writing a show underneath a theme you sort of cap yourself out you stop yourself from having a better show and having better material and going bigger with your show and taking things further and that's sort of a, a common problem that I've experienced when doing these and I know a lot of other performers have as well exactly that Hi guys, it's Ashley here. I just want to quickly interrupt this podcast just to say one little thing. If you do enjoy the podcast that we are currently putting out at The Successful Mentalist, uh, do us a favor and make sure to subscribe. It will honestly help us out. It will mean the world. It will help with our stats and rankings, which mean that we're then shown to more magicians and mentalists around the world. And we want to try and help as many people as possible with these podcasts. So honestly, if you could subscribe, it would mean the absolute world to us. Anyway, Back to the podcast. I suppose this is a great time to actually bring up the fact of uh, cringy themes and like the cringiness that comes from doing these topical shows, right? Like how often do you see someone do a show and it's just like you look at it and it's... Yeah, I mean, uh, it's tough. It's it's really, really tough because I'm yet to find somebody who has mastered the balance. I've seen performers do a really good job and I've seen other performers not do a good job of having these themes and these ideas. But I think a common one is that if we take it away from the seasonal for a minute, we can we can link it back in. But if we take it away from the seasonal, we look at corporate shows. We know a lot of corporate shows that, or a lot of people that do corporate shows, they try and embed a, a company message into their shows and while i agree that that's a fantastic idea and there's nothing innately wrong with that more often than not the way that is done is terrible it's so it becomes so cringy and so like you're forcing this message down the throat of your audience and it's like well we work at the company of course we know the blooming values or we know the message why are you trying to do every single trick that that tailors to that and i think that's the important distinction when when shows become too much about the theme or or too much about the the season, it just becomes cringe fest. It becomes really uncomfortable for your audience. And what are your thoughts on that? Yes, yes, you've you've hit the nail bang on. If you're if you take away these topical shows, these seasonal shows, and you just keep it to like even just company messages, like you say, for example, like I don't know, doing a doing a spectator as mind reader, and then you finish like saying. And that's the power of teamwork, which Microsoft offer. Ah, oh, like, it's just, you've obviously not put any thought into it. And I'm sorry if anyone is listening to this podcast and like, they've done that, but it's weak. It's really weak. Like, 
you need to sit down and like i've already said it write a list of the things you like like if you're going to link it to that and like you'll start to find these better points but it's so it's so easy to fall into this trap isn't it and especially when you're trying to put in a message or a theme because you think sometimes by finishing on something saying a speech saying a a motivational word or or saying oh and when you talk about christmas oh and that means like all the good people will get presents like it's really really weak i i don't know where i was going with that point and i feel like i've just hated on everyone here but like what you've said has literally hit the nail on the head and if that's not enough to persuade you to think deeper when doing these things i literally don't know what is well i think i think as well on in addition to that you kind of mentioned it there but it becomes down to everybody does things in the same way and again it comes back to that point of being predictable everybody that does themed shows so with a a, a theme running through the show instead of like a, a, a seasonal event or no this applies as well actually this does apply when you're doing things so overt in that sense everybody knows everything and again we spoke about this earlier in terms of being predictable but there's nothing interesting because everybody watches it once and then it's rinse and repeat the whole show however long it is everything if you tailor every single trick to the theme or to the season again you put that cap on the top of your show which means you can't make it even better and also you you fall into that trap of your audience switching off and the one way to stop your audience switching off in your shows from like i have found when doing these kind of shows is to not plug so hard on the theme or on the idea you don't have to at the end of every trick or even at the start of every trick do a little bit of a presentation that loosely ties that in because i think it comes from a sense of oh crap i need to justify this in order to do this trick i need to justify this i have to be able to explain why i'm doing this trick to my audience otherwise they just won't care and the reality is when you start justifying it to your audience and you start overproving things and you start doing that, that's when your audience just doesn't care. And anybody who's done this will be able to tell that from an audience perspective, they don't really remember the premise or the, the fancy spiel for the most part. They'll remember the flipping trick. So why not boil it down and just do a trick for this period of time in your show? Just do that. And then by default, when you've got those low moments, everything that you do that has an overt theme or, or is clear to it will hit 10 times as strong because it's completely opposite. And then it now stands out as a Christmas show or as a, a themed show or a, a festive show. Oh, like, I know that's the same thing, but you, you, th does that make sense, Ashley? Like, completely. I mean, as well, like the people going away who are going to, like, if you take it from the, uh, the people booking you or the audience perspective, what are they going to do afterwards? They're going to go away and they're going to say, Oh, that was a great show. He did um, he did some stuff to do with Christmas. That's all they're going to say. But if you if you work a little bit harder at this and you actually put together a decent show, which isn't falling into all the pitfalls we're outlined, we're going to be like, what are they going to say then? They're going to go away and be like, oh my God, that was a beautiful piece of theatre. And he actually made it bespoke for the event because of obviously Christmas is coming up. So it's now lo no longer about Christmas, it's about you making it bespoke. So does that start with actually dialing back, like not putting too much of the Christmas in, just like, just hints? Completely, completely. And I'm, I'm just thinking about that. And I think that that idea is it's so profound, like understanding the way that the audience thinks. 
if it's an overt Christmas show, they'd be like, oh yeah, it was a cool show. But if you have a really good show, like, and you build it from that sense, and then you've got the occasional themed bits, or or, or the message, obviously, we've just established, the message is going to come and stand out an awful lot more. And I think that it means that when your audience leaves, they're going to say, oh, it was an absolutely fantastic show. Oh, yeah, and it was Christmas. There was Christmas hats, and there was, like... Uh, there was snow everywhere and and they're more likely to remember the lengths that you go to to theme it up a little bit when you dial it back and from my, like again this is from my own personal experience you dial it back and suddenly everything amplifies and it's like it's like that age old saying when you remove one of your senses the other all the others are heightened almost to form a sixth sense um i know a lot of people use that under the premise of a blindfold routine but the the principle applies here take out some of the the seasonal or the theme chosen it will all be fine um, but i do want to address the fact that a lot of people listening might be thinking the same thing what if i get booked to do a, a seasonal show or what if i get booked to do a show with a company theme running through it and i i, ca I can't really take it out can i because then that's going against what my client wants um so first all, how would you handle that situation ashley I think it starts by understanding exactly what they're after. They say a theme, but understanding the reason why they want that theme and then having to sit down and then realizing from this all of the pitfalls that you could fall into and then saying, ah, this is a good way to get their overall message across. Like they might have come to you and said, oh, can you do a trick to do uh, like where you plug our new brand of sweet corn. I don't know where that example came from, but it just came up. To plug our new brand of sweet corn, you got okay. Now you could just do some silly trick with the can of sweet corn or whatever, where you pull a reveal out of it and then say, ah, oh, it's all thanks to Jerry's amazing sweet corn. Like that's what most people would do, right? But if we can identify all these pitfalls that happen and then go back to the client and say, I think I've got something. And I think it's a beautiful little thing that everyone's going to love. And it, it's, it's not going to plug it in a cringy way. And I think your audience will really benefit that. I don't know whether actually addressing that you're not doing it in a cringy way, whether they'll actually be like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. So I don't know whether that's a, that's a good way to go for it as well. But actually presenting them with something and saying, this is what I've got, and then explaining it to them. So going back with a new idea, I, I think that's probably the best way of doing it. Completely correct. Completely. I, I completely agree with everything that you just said there. If you can go back to your client and explain to them, well, I mean, our clients, let's face it, our clients are often dreamers. They come to us with crazy ideas or big visions. And even aside from seasonal shows or topical shows, people come to us and they have these crazy ideas about how we can do their event or how we can make their wedding amazing because they've seen a magician before and their story in their head about what magic at events is has been blown up a million times because that's the way it works if that applies to obviously topical shows if somebody says that you're doing or you say that you're doing a christmas show or a seasonal show or a themed show or whatever they will come to you with a big inflated idea on how that looks so if you can go back to your client and say well from my own personal experience doing it this way becomes a little bit sort of cringy in, in that sense and just cliche. be honest about it. yeah exactly cliche just be honest about it if you can do it like that and then sort of dial it back and and then tell them this is the approach that i think would work best uh, based on what i can offer and that way you're actually adding more value to your clients i would argue 
you're not saying no to what they've requested. In fact, you're actively saying yes, but let's do it correct. Let's do it even better. And they're going to trust you because you're the knowledgeable entertainer. You're the knowledgeable performer. You know what it's like doing this stuff. And again, especially if you're a busier worker, or even if you're not, you've got that expert knowledge of what it's like performing. And again, now you've listened to this episode, you can understand some of the problems that a lot of people fall into. But I suppose it is down to that clear-cut communication that you explain, like, this is the situation. This is how I would like to tackle it and, and go from there. That's it. They come to you because you are the professional, right? I mean, if they were pro the professional, they'd be doing the bloody magic show. You are the expert. And I think at the times, like, people forget to remind themselves of that. They are coming to you because they don't know how to do that. That's why they need to book you for this. If they knew how to do it, they'd be up there doing the magic trick with the sweet corn. But they're coming to you. And if they're dictating and directing the way that you're doing your show, then you know it's not going to be as good because they're not experienced in that. So you need to be the one to direct and dictate how the show goes based off their wants and needs, not the other way around. It goes back down to that idea of, are you comfortable doing what you're doing? If not, don't do it. And are you happy d with what it is that you're doing? If not, don't do it. And you should only be working and doing the things that you w absolutely want to do and you're committed to and the things that resonate with you the most. Because if you're just doing it for this, like for somebody else or just because you need the money or just because you want the gig and you actually, not only do you, put an inner resistance like a big psychological bit of resistance in the way of your performance so it's not going to be the absolute best performance even if you think it is it just won't but it kind of just puts you into that sort of submissive mindset to your clients and you do it once and you think okay that was fine that was easy and then a second client comes in and you do the same thing again because you know the easy process and suddenly you get battered through this entire process of doing not what you're happy to do or not what represents you to the best of your ability. And over time, that becomes a habit and that becomes then a, a symbol of you as a performer. You will actually become a bad performer the more that this kind of stuff happens and the more you accept and respond to the exact needs that your client wants. If you can work with them, provide your strengths and your value in addition to, and this goes way outside of the topical shows, this is like general advice. If you can work with them and communicate with them, then you're going to do great. But there is obviously something else that we wanted to talk about. And we've kind of spoken a, a lot now about, yes, we should be doing these topical themed shows. They're like a really good idea. If you want to do them, do them. If you do want to do them, however, you're going to have to scale it back a little bit to avoid the cringe. But how do we scale it back without ending up underplaying it? And getting to the point that it's like, it's a throwaway. It's just like one trick was themed and suddenly the, you're promoting the whole show was themed. How do we get around that? And I think, I mean, I'm happy to give an overt example of this straight away. So in my local town, we had a fringe week sort of arranged and I was contacted by the local town council to come and do a show, like headline one of the shows as part of the fringe week. And I thought, fantastic, a golden opportunity. I would love to do this. The theme was sort of space and uh, because it was actually 50 years of the moon landing and I thought brilliant yes I'm on that I called the show celestial and it was really really sort of interesting however my only link 
to the theme and to everything was all starry themed and all that stuff and it looks terrible looking back on it now but my only connection to that theme was that I had a metaphor for the moon landing to close my show that was it that was the only bit of connection that I had to space themes uh, like any of that kind of stuff it was just yeah, the ending of my show is a metaphor for the moon landing. And by all means, it, it hit really, really well. But in that sense, if somebody had booked a ticket to come and see a space-themed magic show, which isn't what it was marketed as, but if that's what happened and that's how they turned up as part of the Fringe Week, I would have under-delivered. And the same applies here. So how do you know, Ashley, when you've taken out too much and when it doesn't feel like a genuine themed show in that sense have you got any other thoughts on that well i think this is down to where it, probably the run-throughs that you're going to have either as we've already discussed like the creative run-throughs where you go through in your head you run the full show out and you think hmm maybe it's lacking or maybe it's too much like that's the first step right like we've already understood like all the listeners of this podcast if you're regular listeners how to do that uh, practice without practicing which is nice but I think as well, actually having like run throughs and trying like little snippets as well on on people around you and getting actual feedback first. Like if you can do that, like, is that not the golden opportunity to get the feedback you need to see whether you're under delivering or over delivering? And also you're getting used to presenting this before you actually go and do that show or that thing that you're booked for. Is, is that not the easiest way of doing it? I would say it is. Yeah, you're right. It's really important to get that feedback. And I think an in important distinguishment there is if you think it's too much, test it. If you think it's not enough, add more and then test it. Because if you think you've taken out too much, like I had, I, I was thinking like, oh, I, I felt guilty because that was my only connection, this space theme. Like I had the ending to my show, which albeit was a big ending, but it, it felt like there wasn't enough. And what I should have done is actually run it through, get that feedback, and then adjust. Or, like as I said, I should have added more theme, tested it, and then taken it back out. Because it might be the case that I was just wrong and I had the right approach. But testing it is going to be so much more important than just doing it and getting that feedback. It's something that I know we've spoken about previously um, on the podcast and our live streams on social media and all of that kind of stuff. But Getting that feedback is going to be absolutely fundamental. Talk to your clients. More importantly, ignore your clients and talk to your audience after your shows. If you get booked in for a show, great, but you've got however many people there that are points of feedback that can you can ask. Did did that feel too Christmassy, or, or was that too Halloweeny, or, or was that theme too like? Of it? Get their honest feedback because that's the only way you're going to improve your show. And you're completely right. Yeah, it's it's the best way to grow like and we've already discussed <laughs> actually like you, you're set listening to this podcast because we have a golden way like we've discussed it in the in the how to practice episodes who do you practice on and who are the best people to practice and who's going to give the most honest advice like you're all set like i don't think there's any more what we need to tell you now like we've told you all about the topical shows the seasonal shows the fact that you need to actually be confident in what you're doing and everything in between going through the cringy themes and like how not to underplay it. And I think another point of underplaying it is actually linking to something that I mentioned at the beginning. And that is having the confidence to actually go go in with a thing that you're doing and be the show. 
be the person doing that show and and thrive in that environment i think that's the the real only other chip i can give to actually play the shows properly and not under deliver exactly that exactly that uh, and I, I realize at this point this is a very deep look in terms of all things generalized in terms of these topical shows so just to sort of recap in that sense we spoke about seasonal shows so those christmas or halloweeny themed shows that happen so often should you do them well yes you should do them if you want to do them but don't feel pressured to then in terms of actually embedding these themes sometimes we put too much of it and we tailor every single trick or routine to the theme when actually that is neglecting the overall impact of our shows so scale it back take it out in some places just build from a solid show and then add the theme and you'll be able to do a much better a much more powerful show in that sense but when you're taking things out obviously there will come a point that you take out too much of the theme and you've just got a regular show so if you need to scale it back and then test it if you need to just test it first of all run the show once for family friends run the individual routines once for family and friends get their immediate feedback and then adjust and go from there it should always be a, a cycle of perform rehearse like and then get that feedback and then perform and, and go through it over and over and over and that's the way you're going to absolutely dominate in the world of seasonal and topical shows but with that said um i do kind of want to throw a reference out now that we've absolutely slammed and appreciated topical and seasonal events all about the tricks for is coming very soon where we are actually doing our christmas special and in this christmas special for all about the tricks for we're going to be sharing a bunch of material. So usually the dedicated listeners will be aware that our All About the Trick series is designed to do a deep dive on a single trick where you'll be able to join the lecture and then leaving that lecture, you'll have a completely new approach that you can use immediately to that specific topical theme. But I'm not going to say too much, uh, but this month is Christmas special. We've got loads of content. All you need to do is simply check the show notes of this episode. So on Apple and I think on Spotify, you swipe up on your mobile device and you'll be able to find the links from there and uh, get yourselves booked in for that awesome Christmas extravaganza. But Ashley, have we missed anything? Yes, we have. Any final words? All you've got to do is subscribe to Stay Up To Date with all of our awesome content. And we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week where we want to talk about using emotions.
Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group, and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside, so to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group, and the magic of the internet will take you straight there, or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.